welcome to the Nourished Soul podcast, where we talk about all things body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Ritter. This is a really important episode of the Nourished Soul podcast. I hope that you listen to every word that Carrie has to say. And listen to it a few times. That's how I have to learn from Carrie. I have to listen to it a few times and it really starts to sink in. I really love learning from Carrie Bennett. So on Instagram, she's Carrie B Wellness. And you can also find her on her website, Carrie B Wellness. She's got great uh, workshops that you can take. That's where I started learning about quantum biology is from Carrie. And then she's also an instructor at the quantum biology collective where i got my certification so and she's always educating she's a clinician and an educator but you can learn a lot from her by just following her on instagram because she's always educating there as well and we talk about exclusion zone water which is this really special water that we make inside of our bodies and it's everywhere in our body. It's uh, against every biologic surface. And so we talk about this exclusion zone water and how important that is and what to do to protect that and enhance the exclusion zone water. Really what to do to be protective in your body for your mitochondrial health. We talk a lot about all kinds of quantum strategies. We didn't talk a ton about what de destroys it and so we'll have to do a part two but i think what's more important is what we did which is focus on what can you do for optimal health regardless of what's going on for you you might have digestive issues sleep issues mental health physical um, health issues going on these strategies will help with all of that no matter what's going on it really helps with your energy and so I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoy talking to Carrie Bennett. So I'm so excited to talk to you, Carrie. I'm, exci I'm excited, Kelly. I mean, I feel like this is so cool. I feel like, I, I mean, we know each other a little bit, you know, and so I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah. Well, I've learned so much from you. And so I'm so grateful that you've done all the studying and pulling all the pieces and put it together in a way that the rest of us can just sit back and glean and understand because you do it in a way that's very practical. And so that's why I really wanted to have you on. I think of you as the easy water queen. <laughs> I know Gerald Pollack would be the king and he came up with it, but the way that you explain it and the way you get so excited when you talk about water that I thought we got to talk about water. So if we have time, we can talk about anything you want, but I thought we would tell people the difference between hydration and what they think of as hydration and cellular hydration and what is easy water <laughs> so uh, yes can we make this a household word please i want everyone on the planet to know what easy water is yeah oh this is a great place to start kelly because you know i think all of us thinking about oh yeah the body is full of water and i need to drink a lot of water to stay hydrated uh that's what you know that's what i thought i going throughout all of my undergrad and even grad school it was like yeah right the body the body is full of water and um it's just recognizing actually that the water in our bodies is not like the water that just sloshes around in a glass 
<laughs> and it's deceiving because every single textbook will show you cells that looks like it's just a bunch of water sloshing around the cell, but it's not, right? It's not. And I know you appreciate this to the same level that I do. Um, the water, the water inside of our cells, number one, our cells are packed full of biological surfaces. So if we were to cut a cell open, it would be like these, almost like these wires of cytoskeleton everywhere. And then kind of in between all these cytoskeletal wires is you would see mitochondria and the endoplasmic reticulum, the nucleus, you know, it's just a jam packed space. And all of those things that I've listed, they're called biological surfaces or hydrophilic hydro for water, philic for loving. So they're water loving surfaces. And anytime that water, like we think of as H2O, liquid water, comes into contact with these biological hydrophilic surfaces, the water rearranges and organizes itself and completely restructures itself into what Gerald Pollack calls exclusion zone water. And that water is so cool has so many properties that contribute to our cellular energy, our cellular health. And you're right. It has very, very little to do with the water that we drink. The water we drink is important. It goes someplace. It does some things in our bodies, mm -hmm. but true cellular hydration and true cellular energy really depends on this type of water that I'm talking about. Yeah. It's so exciting. And, and I had the image of, you know, a cell, I guess from high school, like there's this nucleus and a couple things floating around. And so when I learned from you, no, 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 it's packed in there and it's got all of this incredible stuff going on. But when the, the, the structured water, so I, I want us to get into this easy or exclusion zone, why it's called exclusion zone. And then what do we do to make sure that our exclusion zone water is in good shape? And I mean, why would we even care? We should probably start with that. Ab absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about number one, what, what actually is this exclusion zone water, right? Yeah. And yeah. so water in a glass, liquid water, we, we recognize it's H2O. Yeah. So if you were to kind of look at this, you know, we go back into maybe the, the chemistry textbooks, what you see like these ball and sticks of a big oxygen and then two little hydrogens next to it. And so those oxygen, that oxygen, those hydrogens are really tightly bonded together. And that's a water molecule. And that water molecule then in a liquid form kind of sloshes around with other water molecules. And I call it, it does a dance, right? Like it's going to dance with this molecule over here. And then it's going to quickly shift to this one. Then it's going to kind of go all the way over here and shift with this one. And that's called hydrogen bonding. So these water molecules kind of are, they're very, they're very easy going. I'm going to bond here and then there, and they slosh around and they change partners all the time. When the water is inside of our cells, it doesn't change partners. When it's this, in this exclusion zone water form, it actually arranges the H's and the O's into hexagons, interlinking hexagons that form these sheets of almost like honeycomb sheets of these interlinking hexagons. So if we can picture a hexagon and we see the corners, the vertices, that's where the oxygens are. And in between them, are, 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 is a hydrogen. So a hydrogenous place in between the oxygens. So we effectively still have the original H2O. It's just reorganized itself. And in the process of reorganizing itself and putting itself in a very organized ordered pattern, 
it actually forms a completely different phase of water. It's not a solid, it's not a liquid, and it's definitely not a gas. It's actually in between a liquid and a solid state, and it's called a liquid crystalline state or a structured state, like you said before, a structured organized water. Mm -hmm. And it makes it more like a gel. So again, it's not the bunch of things just sloshing around inside. It's a very much almost a solid state of water with little wiggle room to it. And that gives it some very special properties. So when the water organizes itself, the H's and the O's organize themselves into hexagons. And mm -hmm. if we were to technically do chemistry math, right? Like, so you would count the H's and the O's and you would add up charges. How many positive charges? How many negative charges? In a glass of water, the positives and the negative charges in water are neutral. They cancel each other out. Right. But in this, in these hexagonal arrangements, this exclusion zone water, you recognize that it has a negative charge. And so in order to do that, it had to kick out a positive charge. And so that positive charge lines up right alongside next to the, the exclusion zone. And it does that. It's called an exclusion zone because literally it excludes anything from entering this zone, this region, except for electrons and photons. It's so stinking cool. So it's like, it's almost like a little force field that's around every hydrophilic surface. And it turns out then not only does it create a little force field, but now you have a negative charge and a positive charge directly next to each other. And that creates energy, energy flow. It's potential energy. It's why a battery has a positive side and a negative side, because that's how electrons are going to help flow, right? Electrons are going to flow then. And so the same thing happens inside of our cells around every protein, every molecule, you have this exclusion zone water battery of potential energy. It is tr a truly an energy source in the body to the extent that Dr. Pollock showed you could put a tiny little electrode in the negatively charged exclusion mm -hmm. zone and a, a tiny little electrode in the positively charged proton zone, and you could light a light bulb. That's a lot of electricity, a lot of energy that you can derive from water. And so, and so we are beings full of water by molecular count, 99 out of every hundred molecules is water. Uh, and like I said, what then we got all this, the 1% the, the is the solid state stuff that we focused so much research and attention on, but it's yeah. the water that really performs an essential role of not only having this exclusion zone, but also this battery of energy that we operate with. I know, which of course you and I can geek out on how cool this is. I don't know if people are, they're like, okay, so that's great. Yeah. And it's this H3O2. Great. I don't really care. Um, but I don't think what people, I, I don't know that they understand, like, this is what creates this quantum communication too. Right. And so, yes. and it's everywhere, it's everywhere in the body. Yes. So we want to make sure that we have we can expand this exclusion zone too, which is cool, but we want to have our cells healthy because what we could talk about mitochondria, because mitochondria, healthy mitochondria drive health and dysfunctional mitochondria drive disease. So we're talking about if, if this isn't functioning, if your mitochondria aren't functioning well, if your exclusion zone water is, um, what, shrink, how would you call it? What would you say? Depleted, depleted, depleted right. Depleted. We're not going to feel good. We're not going to have energy and we're the, exhausted all the time saying it's age, saying it's parenting, saying it's whatever, but it's actually something we could do something about. 
Yeah. hundred percent. I've been there, right. Been there, done that, yeah. you know, know. <laughs> depleted, depleted new mom, like told, just assuming like, this is how we're all always supposed to feel out. Or, you know, you, you know, you hit that certain age and you're like, well, I guess it's downhill from here. It's not, we can, we can support yeah. this stuff in the body. So here's right. Mitochondria are key. And I think it's very, it's becoming very obvious, even if we go more to, in, to, towards more conventional medicine, that the state of mitochondria do help to determine this, the state of health inside of the body, inside of a given tissue. But what is it that mitochondria are making to support health in a tissue? Right. They make water, right? They make ATP. Yes, they make ATP. Yes, yes, yes. But they also make water that was always been called like a byproduct, but really it is the product of what mitochondria are continually trying to make inside of our cells. Because if mitochondria are healthy, they're making tons of intracellular water. And this intracellular water gets then comes into contact with these biological surfaces and it structures it itself into a battery of energy. And the thing about this exclusion zone water is that the inside, it's negatively charged, right? That's a key component here. Yeah. Because again, no one's going to argue this. Like this is not woo. You can open biological textbooks and you can find that the interior of a cell is supposed to have a negative charge. Right. It's, you know, we, sometimes it's talked about, oh no, that's ions doing it, blah, blah. No, what's doing it is the fact that this water inside of our cells is negatively charged. And when we have enough, an adequate amount of this exclusion zone water, we maintain negative charge inside of the cell. That determines everything about the health of the cell. And it also then means that we've got tons of this exclusion zone water as potential energy to do all the work that has to happen inside of the cell. And so the state of the, the, the state of the, 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 a healthy cell needs adequate exclusion zone water, and that is produced inside of mitochondria. And so they all tie together. And even when I was having conversations with Dr. Pollock, you know, he, he, he really, I, he made it very clear that cancer cells have way less exclusion zone water than a healthy cell. Right. right. What, how much more dysfunctional can we get than a cancerous cell? And it's basically, it's like this idea of as we continue to shrink that negative charge, eventually the cell just becomes so dysfunctional. It no longer serves the tissue anymore. And it can manifest either as a cancerous cell. It can manifest in a, a state of disease based on the tissue that it's in, but maintain, I want people to understand that maintaining that exclusion zone water, it's not just about almost like adding tissue hydration, right? It's beyond that. It's so much more than that. It determines exactly how much charge that cell has to run all of the tasks it has to run. And when we're talking about how many tasks each cell has to hundred, it's a hundred thousand tasks, every cell, every second, right? Right. Insane. Right. It's, in, it's an insane amount of, of work that a cell is doing and it just needs this continuous supply of energy. And it just so happens to come in large part from the water that's inside of the cell. That right. exclusion zone water. Yeah. Cool. So, right. so, cool. so cool. And that, and then Kelly, it goes everywhere, right? Okay. So here's where we're talking about, right? This, this, the fact that this is so much more than just these isolated cells with exclusion zone water, right? Because we have to recognize that inside of the cell, we have, like I was talking to before this thing called the cytoskeleton and yeah. it actually can break it. It's the, it's a connective tissue matrix that kind of branches out and gets bigger and bigger and bigger, depending on where it's found. So mm -hmm. that, that cytoskeleton, that's, that really is a mesh. That's just packing up the inside of the cell. It can actually get in, into an even finer scale inside of the nucleus. And it's called the nuclear matrix. And it, that's like a mesh cytoskeleton inside of the nucleus. 
and it can branch outside. It crosses through the membrane of the cell, through these integral membrane proteins. It crosses outside of the cell and it becomes the extracellular matrix, which we know surrounds every cell, right? So we've got literally a surrounding of connective tissue around every cell. And then if we get go into finer, and, or uh, not finer, but bigger and bigger scales, we'll see it ultimately as things like, oh yeah, this band of connective tissue that I feel right along the side of my thigh or the connective tissue that I feel in my lower back. Mm -hmm. um, those are, it's all the same thing at different scales. And it's all surrounded by this exclusion zone water, which essentially then creates a continuous highway that goes around and into every cell all the way into the nucleus of every cell touching every piece of dna meaning we now have an entire organ system based on this exclusion zone water that where instantaneous communication can happen we've got a system now that touches everything and allows for that type of communication yeah, I want people to hear how exciting that is because we are so used to thinking of mechanical and chemical and chemical reactions in the body. And it's not that that's not happening, but that's slow. It's very and slow so, compared. Right, compared to this, what we're talking about is quantum communication. Right. And it's this super fast, instantaneous. And so the healthier the cell, the more um, our exclusion, this exclusion zone water, we have adequate amounts, the faster things are going to communicate, the better our inner, we're going to feel so much better, but also communication is going to go much faster. We are electrical being beings first. And that's what I think people don't really get. <laughs> right. Biochemistry takes place, right? That that's for sure. It for sure happens. But you're right. It's very slow compared to a chemical reaction is, 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 is orders of magnitude slower than the flow of electrons that could happen into my body from touching the earth. I know. Right. And that happens like we do know that, right. We can gather electrons from the earth and it flows through our exclusion zone water and it gets distributed wherever it's needed in the body. Hence why we see such profound healing benefits from a practice like earthing. And it doesn't have to do with where we touch the earth. I could be touching the earth with this finger. And if electrons are needed here or here, my body's going to get them where they need to go because of this exclusion zone water highway that can funnel those electrons where they're needed. And so it's a super key thing to recognize that I could instantaneously flow electrons into my body and help to reestablish that negative charge because of this exclusion zone water network. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about earthing you just did and other things that can help maintain our exclusion zone water. Like it's all, it comes down to electrons. We want the electrons. Yes. Um, so let's talk about electrons and then we'll talk about light too. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So absolutely. Okay. So I think again, let's kind of talk, talk about like what the, what the common paradigm is here, right? The okay. common paradigm is we eat food food breaks down into electrons. Those yeah. electrons go to the mitochondria and then they go to the mitochondrial electron transport chain and they make ATP. Right. But right. So that's, that's, that's all very much a very common thing that anyone would potentially kind of have like, yeah, I've heard about that. I've heard about that. Well, let's break that down. We've already said that as those electrons flow through the mitochondria, they also make water, right? So yes, they make ATP, but they also make this water that becomes exclusion zone, negatively charged water inside of our bodies. Then also these electrons don't necessarily just have to come from food. That is one source of electrons. And I would say it's about, you know, a third of how we can get our electrons. Mm -hmm. So we can also get our electrons from touching bare skin to the earth. 
It's, mm -hmm. it's, we, we are basically what are, what's considered semiconductors. We can pull electrons, suck in electrons from the surface of the earth, which has an infinite source of electrons, right? That's again, something that's been very well documented. We have electrons coming from the surface of the earth and we can pull them into our body by simply touching bare skin to the earth. So can you picture that's kind of, I think how we were designed, right? A human was designed to be outside in constant contact with Earth's surfaces. And so we would have had this beautiful uh, source of energy, the source of electrons at, at whenever we needed it, right? Okay, you know, I'm touching the Earth all the time. And if I happen to have shoes on, they're likely animal hide. And I'm gonna, uh, that's going to still allow these electrons to conduct in, into me. And that, uh, that electron flow will help to establish where the body is being depleted of negative charge. And then we add in the fact that exclusion zone water, we know that we can actually expand this battery or what I, I like to liken it to charging this battery. It literally expands and grows bigger when exposed to sources of infrared light or infrared heat. Right. And so that's that's sunlight as well. Sunlight is always contains in infrared, a big spectrum of infrared is always found in sunlight, regardless of the time of year. Uh, regardless of yeah the, the, the season, the time of year, the time of day, it, you're always going to have infrared. So again, that could be a that was another source source essentially that we were continuously connected to was was infrared exposure that is depleted in our modern indoor environment. And so we're really meant to be these electron rich beings charged through uh, charged through nature making that water can continue to make that inter intracellular water through the mitochondria, which also respond very positively to being connected to nature. And it's a beautiful cycle of support and balance and healing and energy in the body. When we just recognize that there's a couple of things we can do and this all comes, this all comes back together. Right. And also it all yeah. supports health and healing. Yeah. And what's really fun is that it really doesn't matter what disease you've manifested we we go, these are the tools, these are the strategies, getting outside as much as you possibly can, getting in the light, the natural light, mitigating, you're wearing your blue blockers, mine are actually over there, but I've got sun, I've got sun coming in, it's a sunny day, so, but all of these things are available to us, these are essentially free, not our blue blockers, right, but we can do all of this stuff for free and it doesn't matter whether you've got psoriasis of the skin or um, anxiety, depression, like it, it doesn't matter if it's mental or physical or what's going on. This is what helps people heal. Absolutely. Right. This is, this is what I have found to be. And I've been searching a long time for what I would consider to be foundational. Like yes. what are the foundational practices that a body needs in order to feel like it is supported so that it can thrive and be its best version of itself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I've chipped away at the layers, right? I, you know, people have potentially heard me say this before, but it was like, okay, exercise and massage and nutrition. Like I've chipped away and really gone deep into all of these. And I think that they are beneficial. Just like I think chiropractic care is beneficial. Just like I think um, uh, uh, mental health practices are beneficial. Just like I think somatic movement is beneficial. There's a lot of beneficial therapies, but that when we lay the foundation of supporting the mitochondria, supporting this exclusion zone water, gathering electrons is what I call as as I call it, and also supporting our circadian rhythm, yeah. then whatever else we do to try to choose to to do to support our health only is that much more effective. This truly is, as far as I am aware of right now, the foundation upon which we need to start to build health true healthcare strategies. 
Right. I agree. And I've gone, I've done the same thing. I went at it from a different direction and it's not that that's not helpful personally and professionally. And then eventually you end up realizing that all roads lead back to cellular health and we've got to figure out what's going on in the cell for, you know, for crying out loud. And it's just, you know, it's kind of not that surprising and yet shocking that it's so simply being in nature and that everything is available to us. Um, and and yet it's so many people, I, my neighbor, I told him about earthing. He read the earthing book. He got himself some earthing sheets and his pain. When I saw him, he said, you know, it was about 10 days in and it miraculously my, my pain level went down and he's not, he's like, so I don't know if it was the earthing or not. I'm like, how do you not know? <laughs> the so for people that are still having a hard time figuring out that this is so simple and that really we're talking about, this is the foundation people it's yeah. gathering electrons and it's supporting your circadian biology, your circadian rhythms. Um, and all of the other, the light environment matters. I don't think people realize how much their light environment matters too. And we've got to support this easy exclusion zone water. Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely have to. And that's, you know, this is why I, I needed to convince myself first, right? Because right. again, I, I was also on a health journey. I've been working with clients for quite some time, but I was also on my own health journey and it was like, okay, um, this is, this seems too easy, too good to be true. This can't really be doing like I've, I've spent way too much money on, on supplements and functional medicine testing and all these other things. It can't be, it can't be this simple. Right. So I had to get to the level of understanding of like this deep quantum mechanism, like knowing all of this and diving deep into the research to be like, oh shit, it really is. It, it, it does have the potential to be that effective. Okay. And then I started applying it. Um, because I had to be like, it just, it seemed too simple and I just didn't put enough place, enough value on it. But, you know, I see it time and time again in clinical practice, right? Clients come back and they're like, I just go for a morning walk and I feel a thousand times better. And it's like, I know, I know they're like, really? That's just not in my brain. No, it, it actually, it's physically, there's changes happening all throughout your body that are using that light cueing alone to support your health, right? So that's one of the simple strategies that I highly recommend because yeah. it's so profound and so easy. Um, and it, it, but it, but it, 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 it is, that's, what's doing it right. It's, <laughs> I'm not asking you to do high intensity interval training outside, right? I'm not, I'm not asking you, you're just walking. Heck you can just sit outside. I have clients who just sit outside and it yeah. still happens. It's still effective. So yeah, I, I think that it's just this idea that we're in this mindset of it's too simple. It, it can't, it's too simple. It's too easy. It can't possibly be affecting my body in such a profound way. And I'm going to let you know it, it absolutely is. Right. And I can, I mean, I too, I took a couple of your workshops. I thought I really kind of got it. And you, it takes time for it to layer in. Like, even if you're studying it, I mean, I was studying. I don't yeah. think really until I went through the certification, it mm -hmm. all started coming together in a way that was like, oh, right, all right, all right, I get it now. And I just want to tell people too, your workshops are amazing. Thank the you. certification is great. I highly recommend that. I'm in level two now. I was a little late to the game, but I'm there. Um, so I think it's really important for people to realize that it does take some time 
and that it's okay if it takes you some time to get in the practice, because even though this is really simple, you do have to kind of rearrange your life. I remember when I was first trying to support my circadian rhythms and I had the circadian lifestyle app and here I am with my circadian app and it's telling me to go outside. I'm like, I have to work. Like, <laughs> do you have a job? <laughs> I know. I really was like, you got to be kidding me. It's telling me to go outside all day long. But I also had a little bit of a, um, like, I have to win at this. I have a little bit of that personality of like, hit it hard. And right. you don't have to hit this hard. You just have to hit it consistently. Just yeah, consistent. consistency is important. And, and it's yeah. okay if it takes you, like, I used to listen to your workshop. The third time I was like, all right, I got it. The first time I'm nodding my head going, oh, this makes sense. And then I couldn't repeat it. The right. second time I'd watch it, I could start repeating some of it and it was going in deeper. And the third time I was like, all right, I'm ready. I got yeah. that. I, that was exactly my learning journey with this as well. It's like every time I thought I kind of got something, I would listen to something again or reread an article. And it's like, oh gosh, I picked up something new and yeah. I picked up something new. And it's just like, it's like this continuous learning cycle that I absolutely love. Um, but yeah, it, it does. I, I highly encourage people that if you want to understand it deeply, that's a beautiful thing, but you don't have to even in order to get the benefit. And yes, it's about consistency and not about being perfect. Like when I was, you know, um, I could, like, I've got clients who come at me and they're like, give me the ideal day. What does it look like? Boom, lay it out. Boom, boom, boom. And it's like, I'm going to give it to you, but I'm gonna let you know, it doesn't have to be this perfect. I started simply and I, I didn't even wear blue blockers in the morning at first. I owned a gym, right? I owned a gym, opened it at 5am crap light. Right. And I was just thought to myself, well, this, this isn't really circadian friendly. So, okay. I'm going to walk to the coffee shop. That's like, you know, a 20 minute walk. I'm going to make myself go to that farther coffee shop. And so after my first chunk of clients from like 5am till 8am, eight o'clock every morning, I was consistent. I would get my circadian walk and I would go outside and I would walk to the coffee shop and walk back. And that by itself started shifting so many things, improved sleep timing, improved energy, improved focus, better digestion in terms of like helping to, to, to produce appropriate microbiome responses to the light. And then I was like, okay, okay, now I'm going to block artificial light at night and see. So I got my orange tone blue blockers, right? And it's like, okay, my, my sleep is better. I'm going to bed at a much earlier time. I'm not getting that second wind that was really just preventing me from getting into a deep sleep at the right time. Okay. You know, it was just layering it on and there's still a benefit. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I really encourage people to just start to try these things out and see, because I have a feeling they're going to, they're going to find them beneficial. Uh, for sure. And I always start with morning light. Like Same. that is just, it's not that the sunset isn't important because um, popping out at sunset is also great or doing your evening walk or walk the dog or whatever, run the kids around in the playground, whatever you can do to get out there as the sun is setting. I just think there was something really special and magical about sunrise for me that um, I know the benefits right now. I But I started doing that before I even understood the light frequencies and how that was setting the tone for my day and helping every, all these circadian clocks, but the master clock in my brain, it's getting everything all set and sending information of when to do what, but there's also something almost spiritual, not almost, it really does feel spiritual to me. Like that is my time. And it 
it really upsets me if I miss it now. Yeah, I hear you. I absolutely feel like, I, I feel like in terms of light, you applying light, I feel like morning is going to be the most important time for people to prioritize. We'll always, you'll always get a circadian benefit of some sort, no matter the time of day. So right, so right, right now, right for me, it's 4.30 in the afternoon, not close to sunrise, not close to sunset, but I will still go outside after this and get my little hits of light to sync back up to the natural signals. But you're right. There is something so sacred about that sunrise time. And I think that's why a lot of different cultures and religions have had practices involving honoring that time. Right. Um, and so like I do, I use it as my, my time to connect. So, I mean, I personally, I connect to God. I say some gratitude. I've got, I ground, I sky gaze, and it just feels like I'm ready to start my day, you know? Um, so, and, and then like, and then that a little bit later during that UVA time, if people want to recognize getting that, the circadian app and finding when the UVA window in their morning time is that too was so profound in terms of like, I, I became like, I, I really want to get outside. Like, this is a key time for me to get away from my office or after I drop kids off at school and I want to hang out outside for a little bit of time because there's so many amazing things that happen in the brain from a neurochemical perspective that really support focus and drive and joy and the ability to, to just, you know, feel like I want to engage with my day, um, you know, on all cylinders, basically. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, that was another key time for me, but that morning light, you're right. That's really, really been special and really supportive for me. Yeah. And UVA, I, I harp on UVA too. And you can get it in the after before sunset too. It's about an hour before sunset. But there's something about the morning, just making that serotonin, getting those neurotransmitters made, really important and helpful. And and you it, people will, it's funny how people have called me or messaged me and said, like, I skip coffee now. Like I am, your, your body will crave it. You will want it. And that's, so people I know listening are going, okay, how long do I have to do this, Carrie? Carrie Kelly, what, what do I have to do? So let's just tell them sure. what sure. we think. You know, here's the deal. At the quantum scale, things work what's called non-linearly, which is very different from what we're used to. Linearly is, we, we have a linear mindset these days, which means if I'm looking to get stronger, I'm going to do more and more and more exercise or lift heavier and heavier and heavier weights. And over time, I'm going to get stronger. And at the quantum scale, things work in a very nonlinear fashion. You just need the consistent stimulus and then poof, this cascade of effects happens. And so I tell people consistently sunrise one minute, one minute consistently around at sunrise UVA. I love UVA light. So I try to tell people five minutes at UVA and UVA is between when the sun is 10 and 30 degrees above the horizon. And it's called UVA rise in the circadian app five minutes in that window of time. Um, so that's six minutes total, right? And it's way better to be consistent than it is to be perfect. I would much rather you say, Carrie, I did what you told me 28 days of the month, um, as opposed to Carrie, two days of the month, I was out at sunrise for two hours and I took a two hour UVA walk. And I'd be like, that's great, right? I, that's beautiful. 
but all you needed was the little bits of consistency. And then when you can, can go a little bit more than that, or you want to go more than that, go for it. Right. Like, like you and I were talking about, I take that, I take a 20 or 60 minute UVA walk whenever my schedule allows me to, because of how powerful I find that light to be for my body. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it, it doesn't have to be a ton in order to get the effects. No. Cause I started, when I started, I would just pop out the back on the back porch while in between, you know, yelling at children to get up and making food. And I would literally pop out there. And, um, so I similar like two minute and two minute sunrise, but even if it's just for popping out there, yeah. I will, I will say that if you're dealing with really significant health issues and you really like mood, sleep, digestion, trash, the longer you can be out there the and better. commit to it, the better. But I agree completely. It's consistency. I'd rather you be out there for a minute um, at five days a week than, you know, 30 minutes on Saturdays. Right. Um, Cause a lot of my clients would be like, Oh, I can go out on Saturday. I'm like, what you doing Monday through Friday? <laughs> <laughs> um, like what, how can we get your window cracked on your way to work or, you know, some yeah. way that people are, um, can, they're like, well, I'm sitting next to a window. I'm like, open it. Can you open it? Because mm -hmm. the, the modern day windows are going to block the light frequencies that you and I are talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Modern day windows block the, a lot of the infrared and ultraviolet, which are actually the light frequencies we're really deficient in and need to get for these effects that we're talking about. So yeah, you know, like that, that's exactly, that's exactly right. You know, I've now, you know, I was buying a new car, uh, you know, we needed it, we needed a new car. So it's like driving all these cars. And it was like, my non-negotiable was I needed a sunroof. Right. I keep that sunroof open, like, especially at certain times of the year when I'm get my sunrise from driving the kids to school. And it's like, okay, drop the kids off, park the car for two minutes and sky gaze, right? Like that's, that's my opportunity for sunrise and that's okay. Right. That's actually doing perfectly. And on an ideal day, I'm in my backyard. I'm earth. I have the gratitude in my heart. I'm sky gazing. I'm, you know, I'm going through my, my, like my positive mantras and a prayer. And like, I've got all these things going on. Um, but it, it's, it's the same effect essentially to my body, right? Like I get that, that sunlight hit no matter, or that natural light hit, no matter if I'm doing it in, in what I would consider to be the ideal situation for me versus through a sunroof, I'm still getting that consistent light exposure and it doesn't have to be sunny. It can be the cloudiest day. It can be rainy. It's hard to have the sunroof open when it's rainy. I don't always do that, but it can be rainy. It can be snowy. I will have it open when it's snowy. People, people are like, we're driving, they look over and they see snowflakes coming into my car. It's just like, but I'm used to it. Um, but it's really just about the consistency and doesn't matter if it's perfectly sunny or not. The body will get the light signals it needs to optimize its circadian health when you are outside in natural light with naked eyes. Beautiful. All right. So you brought up gratitude and prayer and these things that I think are also super, and, and it really brings us back to hydration too, because the things water. that I do in my water now, um, right? I'm like yes, praying, yes. praying into the water. I've got my wand. I'm like structuring. Yes. So I think, um, I just wanted to ask since I've got you here too, what do you think this has to do with, um, maybe we could talk vibrations or soul on the soul level. Sure. What is happening? Do you know, when we have thoughts or when we have feelings, it is a frequency, right? Yep. It is a measurable frequency. And if we wanted to think about this in certain ways, you could measure those frequencies traditionally as things like brainwaves, 
but it's not just a brainwave. There are frequencies that we can actually measure outside of our physical bodies. Again, again, like has been known for a long time. And now the, 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 the science of biofield science, this idea that we've got this field of wireless energy around us. And I have the ability to essentially put information out, frequencies out, or I have, I have the ability to take a glass of water and impart frequencies into the water. Um, because I do believe that the water inside of our bodies, the water in a glass, and even the water inside of our planet is a storer of energy and information. Yes. So back to the water, those, those, those cute little H2Os, right? They can, they can actually organize themselves. Yes. Into exclusion zone water inside of our bodies, but inside of a glass, they can form something called micro clusters. They can like take 20 of themselves and arrange themselves into a way that stores frequency information. It's like a data storage mechanism. So water inside of a glass is responsive to frequency, meaning emotions and thoughts. Water in my body is also re is, is responsive to frequencies. Um, my, that water inside of my body is that exclusion zone water in, its, in that special phase. It's considered a liquid crystalline state which physicists have known for a long time have the ability to trap frequency information, electromagnetic information, and uh, transduce it, transmit it, transform it. So basically take information, wireless information that's being produced inside of my body from like my heartbeat and my brain waves and my, my other thoughts and emotions to the wireless information that surrounds me. And it's basically being held in the water inside of my bodies and used as energy and information. And it's getting distributed everywhere. And I'm either creating a state of coherence and organization and health based on what the, the, what my body is picking up, or it's creating more of a state of dis-ease and discomfort and more of a destructive force if it's things that are not necessarily supportive of my physical body. Um, and so I have, I, I do believe that when we, what we think and what we feel, especially love and gratitude are the two most important emotions we can try to experience and feel on a physical basis as much as possible. I think it's, those are the two most organizing supportive frequencies. Yes. And so I do feel like I, I will take my glass of water all the time and I will impart love and gratitude into my water in my, my morning when I'm outside, I am feeling love and gratitude in my heart as deeply as I possibly can, not only to connect my own body to those frequencies, but that's like why there is the meditation effect where they took 7,000 people had them meditate, you know, on these feelings of love and gratitude. And it lowered all, all crime, including homicide by over 70%. Like what planetary levels? It's planetary levels of these crimes were dropped so dramatically simply when 7,000 people were meditating and putting those frequencies out into the world. And I, so I, I, I think it's not woo anymore. I think that we are these beautiful interconnected bodies that our water is continually picking up this information. The planetary water is picking up this information work. We can connect to each other, even through, through sending frequencies like that. Um, and it sounds woo as heck, but it's super profound and powerful. And if people start to utilize love and gratitude on a regular basis, yeah. I've seen some pretty amazing things happen. Absolutely. And gratitude, we know just from a science perspective, is one of the fastest ways we have to literally turn around your physiology. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's a gratitude practice of some sort um, is a really helpful practice. And um, 
you know, I go through phases where I've been into this in the past and then I don't know, it sort of went away and then it comes back. And um, so I, I think we, uh, that matrix that you're talking about, the matrix inside ourselves, that's even in the nuclei and all these different reminds me of how we are on the planet. And there's this matrix and I'm learning more about frequencies too, right? And how important even the lower frequencies keep us you know, grounded and going to work and putting our pants on and getting ourselves somewhere on time, kind of like the purpose of the ego, I think is to also, it has a purpose, mm -hmm. but I don't want to spend a lot of time in those lower frequencies um, in terms of health, like love and gratitude are the places where I feel like that is the place to stay as, as much as you possibly can. But I also recognize that, you know, all the emotions have their place. They oh, tell absolutely. us they're giving you information and that's important. So it's not like we're staying in a state of love all the time and mm -hmm. God. No, no. And even those lower frequencies that you're talking about, we get them in different ways beyond just like what we're thinking. The Schumann resonance, for example, a, like a 7.83 Hertz, these are very grounding, the very act of touching our feet to the earth. That's a very grounding thing energetically. So you're exactly right. We have, it's like, we've got a chakra system for a reason. We have, we have this, this need to be grounded on this physical plane in this, on this planet. We do need to be grounded in our existence. But from that grounded perspective, um, I, I do believe that it's love and gratitude are powerful. <laughs> really powerful. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what's exciting too, because I think the more we can, we share this and we help people from that perspective, because we get the foundations that a lot of people have done a lot of work on themselves. Mm -hmm. And they are, think they're eating the right foods and they're exercising and they're, and you and I were in that place too. Like, Absolutely. this is good as I'm going to feel because this is kind of crappy, uh, <laughs> right? And so to help people with those foundations, but we know that you've got to address the emotions. Like, Absolutely. This, and you know, love and gratitude is by no means spiritual bypassing because emotional right. trauma is real. Right. Um, birth trauma is real. Transgenerational trauma is real. Like these are real legitimate things. Absolutely. But I do find that when I have a, when I have clients who I do feel have been very much impacted by trauma, especially early childhood trauma, yeah. um, that it, it, it's not about just focusing on one thing. It's about really recognizing that there's, there's a couple of different tools and lanes that we need to support in order to kind of have this overall healing experience. And yes, addressing trauma in the many different ways that can be, it be addressed is very important, but I've also seen clients get bogged down in trauma, right. And identifying just with the trauma. Conversely, I've seen people who just get, like you said, they kind of live in airy fairyland where it's yeah. like, Oh, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. I mean, you know, so I love, I love gratitude and they're very good at the love and gratitude, but they're not necessarily grounded or maybe they aren't addressing or even maybe they don't realize that there are traumas that their body is holding on to. And then there's the foundation of nature, right? Where how we are connecting with the signals and support from nature, whether it's the electrons from the earth, whether it's the Schumann resonance for supporting brainwave balance, whether it's the sunlight that's setting our circadian rhythm, whether it's the darkness that signals now is the time to regenerate and sleep. All of those things work together to really provide a complete supportive pathway for people to address when it comes to healing their bodies. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I know I could talk to you forever. So I'm <laughs> mindful of our time too. And I just wanted to, you and I both went down the nutrition, like deep. Mm-hmm. I really thought that was going to be the answer. I thought this is what's been missing. We need to understand gut health and mental health. And so, and it's true. That was, it's really important. And all of these other things are so, I, I realize that the food is so much less important as long as you're eating nutrient dense foods and it's real food, preferably in season so that you're not confusing your mitochondria, but that becomes less and less important the more you're doing the, all of the other things that we've talked about in this podcast. Yeah, you know, I, I do believe there's a huge connection between gut health and mental health, but yeah. where the research I think was really lacking is that one's gut microbiome can change like that based on response to their light, their seasons, you know? And so once we tie our body to our natural daylight environment and nighttime environment, that supports our gut microbiome in and of itself. Once we then also connect to our seasons, which we would do as well, just simply from doing these practices, that supports our microbiome. And then when we give our body a period of darkness with which it can regenerate, my gut lining can heal itself in two to five days if I give it the right darkness and melatonin signaling to heal. So what took me months and months to heal from when it came to leaky gut, I actually can get that same response with clients in a matter of a week, simply because we know how how much more supportive the circadian health is. And I hate to say it, like, I don't have to take a lot of people through these really restrictive elimination diets. Like I used to think I would have to do for everyone yeah. um, that only provided some benefit. Yeah. When, move with, the oh, needle, right. Move with the needle, needle, needle a little bit, but low compliance when it's like, sorry, no sugar, gluten, dairy, you know, like, right. All the, <laughs> sorry, basically, yeah. <laughs> sorry, <Yeah. laughs> there will be no more joy in your food. No. <laughs> No, I mean, I know a lot of people who do derive joy from eating completely clean, nutrient-rich foods, but from someone who's switching maybe from a more standard American diet, the zero compliance, right? It's very, very hard to make that shift, but it's a, it's a lot easier to have a, to tell a client, go get a sunrise walk or go outside in the morning and to make your house dark at night, try to block that artificial light at night or wear a sleep mask to make sure it's completely dark in your sleeping environment. And that in and of itself is so supportive of gut health. Yeah. I think the dark, I did not get the dark piece till a little bit later. I was diligent about getting out, and but I didn't really start just getting super protective of, of my um, evenings and wearing my blue blockers. I mean, I wore orange blue blockers and a hoodie with it all tied up at the Super Bowl party because I mean... I'm like, do we have to have every light in the house on here? Like, come on now. Um, because it it almost starts to hurt you. It doesn't almost, it starts to hurt. Viscerally, it's like, it just feels so off. You know, it's like walking down down into like a an area of, you know, town that feels like deserted and like there's a threat, right? Like it feels like there's a threat when I have that bright artificial light on in, in the middle of the evening or after darkness, because my body is like, wait a second, this is not... This is not supposed to be here right now. Right. So I think, and we could talk about melatonin forever. We don't have time for that. But just to help people understand that the release of melatonin in the evenings comes from dark. And so if you want to improve lots of things in your health, but particularly your sleep, we've got to be really protective of making sure that we're dimming all the lights. We're using incandescent bulbs, if you or my red light bulb, um, getting candles. Off- 
Yeah. yeah. Can't, getting off the devices, which mm-hmm. has been hard. Um, it's really, it's been hard for me and I, I'm a hundred percent in. I know. Right. Well, I, I feel like a, the great place for people to start because I, you know, a lot of people, this might be the first time you're hearing this information. And then for you to try to explain it to everyone else in your household and be like, you're not going to let me turn on light bulbs. What are you talking about? Have you, you know, like what, what in the world? So like really getting a basic pair of orange toned blue blockers is a really great place to start. And the orange ones I find are the most accessible for people to begin with. And then as soon as it feels like it's dark in your outside environment or the circadian app would call it nightfall around nightfall, mm-hmm. you put the orange ones on and then you, you just go about your day or your night actually. And you're, you've protected your eyes, the most important receiver of light signals in your environment. You protected your eyes from getting too much artificial blue light, which will tank melatonin. So you're preserving your melatonin so that you can get to sleep at a more circadian appropriate time. And when you fall asleep, that melatonin then goes on and runs all of your repair programs, right? So it really is an anti-aging hormone and a repair hormone in that way. And the goal of the name of the game is build it up before you go to bed and then sleep in complete darkness. So you maintain adequate levels of it while you're going through all these repair processes at night. Right. So we all look super cool and cute and sexy in our, our mask. I now have my mask at night, mouth tape and (laughs) kinds of like really cuteness. Um, I've, I've elevated the heads of all of our beds for glymphatic drainage purposes. (laughs) And now people walk in and they're like, what? I, I mean, you've got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. My sleep mask and mouth tape. I think though you're right at the, that's a, super sexy. <laughs> like, well, you know, with my ripped up shirt from 25 years that I've been sleeping in. I, I know. I know. I go right. right. Um, but the dog usually has my mask. I have to hang it up. <laughs> every, he will. He loves to get that mask. And I'm like, it's mine. That's mommy. <laughs> um, yeah. So we do what we got to do. And I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, so what what is it that nourishes you? You're doing all of these things. Is there anything else that nourishes your body, mind, soul that we didn't talk about? Sharing this information, teaching, okay. right? Oh, you were a brilliant teacher. That's like, you're, you. I mean, that clearly is what you were supposed to do in this life. So I love it. I love it. And you want to know what's so funny about that? Like I originally, part one of the things I could have done with undergrad besides med school and grad school was high school biology teacher. I knew teaching was like a part of my life in some way, but like Mm -hmm. when I started talking about how cool earthworms were to these high school students and they were just kind of like, (laughs) I was like, okay, maybe this isn't my weight. I know I'm supposed to teach just This might not be my calling, right? (laughs) So come for full circle, right? Quantum biology is what I want to teach the world. Well, thank goodness you didn't actually, I mean, I guess you would have ended up here anyway, but when you figured out, hey, I don't think I want to go to medical school, huh? Um, what an interesting road you've had. Interesting, yes. And, and to bring it, but I love that, I mean, medical schools would have been super lucky to have you, but I love that you're helping practitioners, but you also teach other, I mean, you're you're always teaching. You'll teach anybody who will listen. Anyone who listen, I want to just, I really want everyone to know this information, right? And I do feel like this is not, there's no, this isn't a competition thing, right? Right. You know, and and it's not like a, oh, I can only teach this to this subset of practitioners. It's like, no, no matter what you currently do in practice, your practice will 
only thrive more because of knowing these strategies and how to use these strategies for clients and patients. So it's a very, it's such a cool thing. And I just, I just love it. I really, you know, I, when COVID shut my gym down, I was like, okay, I'm going to post about this every single day on Instagram and see if anyone th thinks this stuff is interesting. And sure enough, people think it's interesting and they are yeah. using this information to help other people. And so like my heart is warmed every morning when I just think about like, gosh, how, who else can I teach this to today so that we can just help that many more people understand the importance of this and and the simplicity of it as well. Like, right. It's very important and, and it's, it's simple. And I just want more and more people to try it so that they can see how their body feels when they understand these strategies and how they, how they impact their bodies. Right. Cause then they can have the energy to spend more time in love and gratitude. So then they can help the planet and the rest of, I mean, cause when you're exhausted, you feel awful, it's really hard to care. And yes. so if you have the energy and I can't even believe the energy. I mean, I'm telling you, I, don't, I cannot I believe I'm so grateful. I wake up every day ready to go. I'm like, this is unbelievable. And that, and then you actually go out, you actually give you more morning light and it's like, sing, supercharge. I know I've done, I've done Instagram lives where people are like, I want what she's on. And it's like, it's natural light people. I'm on natural light. I'm earthing in the backyard <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm touching trees when it's too cold to put my feet down in the snow. Right. And I'm, yeah, I'm getting light and I'm out there. However, I have to get out there. I mean, it's just, and I'm protective of my exclusion zone water. Yes very much so. And my mitochondria, right. I'm very mindful of what they need in terms of, they also need the circadian health and all the stuff that we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And you and I both have lots of information and, and workshops and all kinds of ways to learn more about that. So it's so exciting. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your time. I know you're super busy and I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, Kelly. It was so awesome chatting with you. Oh, this was lovely. And I, you know, if people want to talk, want to hear more about like, I'd love to talk more about this stuff. So keep me posted, please, because this is such a lovely conversation that we've just had. And it was so nice being able to share it with you, especially because I know how much you've gone down these rabbit holes and are just applying this information and teaching it to your people. So it's really, really been a joy to chat with you. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Nurse Soul Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you are enjoying the podcast, we would love it if you would rate the podcast and leave a comment. That is very helpful. And if you haven't already, if you would subscribe, that is also very helpful. And I greatly appreciate you being here and, and also subscribing. If you are interested in learning more about quantum healing, I am doing nutritional therapy still, nutritional therapy and quantum health coaching. I do that one-on-one -on -one and I also have a class. It's a workshop for you to build your own pro-healing plan. So you may be somebody who's already done a lot of healing um, and so you're just wondering about what you might do to have even more optimal health or somebody that might be, you might be somebody that's struggling with a health issue. And either way, these are, these workshops are designed for you to really see the practical 
kind of applications of the quantum techniques that you can incorporate in your daily routine. It is also about nutrition, but mostly about using our light, the mitochondria, circadian rhythms, and then also, of course, food. We usually have time to talk a little bit about movement and, of course, the soul, how to nourish our souls. And there is time for a Q&A in that workshop. So if you are interested, I would love to have you join one of the workshops. I also have a Pro Healing Diet ebook that is now available on my website. So all of that information can be found at nourished-soul.com. So you can check it out and keep in touch. And thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate you.